You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so let's get started with Jimmy. Hey, it's Jimmy. I'm listening to your uh, PFF season rundown and... Sorry, as you can hear, I'm still getting my voice back from that game. But uh, thank you for doing that. It really does help put things in perspective. And one of the perspectives that it showed me, it sounds like, is a fair amount of people that have been grading out their best games in the last four games or so. And uh, uh, that makes sense, um, kind of, from what we're seeing. Um, but also, like, holy cow, that's exactly what you want to be doing, exactly. peaking at the right time. Isn't that what – that is what the NFL playoffs are all about. So, um, you know, we're all kind of, uh, you know, trying to temper our excitement just a little bit, temper our – know, expectations is probably the wrong word, but uh, – You know, um, let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, This team might just be young enough to not know any better. They just go in and keep on doing the things that they're doing right now. Um, And that's all you really need to keep winning. Um, God, just so exciting. Um, I guess I don't have anything else to say right now except I like this momentum where it is. And, uh, yeah, it's been such an up-and-down season. But it feels like we're 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 coasting at the right time here, coasting in a good way, you know, playing without thinking too hard, playing um, instinctively. And love, man, love just has his finger on like where everybody is at all times. Um, so glad we've got that guy. I hope Judy finally gets the respect he deserves. Um, it's a uh, trash that he's been trashed for right. these years. Um, anyway, go back home. Yeah. And that's, you know, number one, I agree as far as, you know, being too young and naive to know any better. And I, I think that that does work to their advantage. I, you know, when you're 
Rodgers and Devontae and Bakhtiari. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying you could understand how it could happen where you get up in your own head and it becomes this massive thing. Whereas if it was the regular season, it's like, this is what we do. You know, we know how to do this. Like we, we can go toe to toe with anybody, but you get up in your head about this playoff thing and it becomes such a massive thing. Whereas, you know, these young guys, like they, they don't, they don't know what they should be afraid of and, and what, you know, what a monumental task and hurdle this is. And, and to some degree, not only is it good, but they might be more correct in their thinking than a lot of other t- I mean, and again, it's not just the Packers and Rodgers and those guys. I mean, you start getting, you know, the 49ers and uh, the Buffalo Bills and all these teams that have not won the Super Bowl. And it becomes this thing where it's like, man, I mean, we're so good every year and it just doesn't matter. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, for the Packers, hopefully the, the thought is just, just, I mean, not to sound cliche, but just win. Just go out and win the game. Just go beat the crap out. I mean, they're still just playing this underdog story, and hopefully, as far as they know, that there's there's no big difference between this and like the Chiefs game, where it's like, yeah, we're the we're the underdogs, but we're going to go out and show them something. We're going to go make a name for ourselves and, and show that we can do this. And the spotlight's not going to be too big for. It. I mean, again, this is all the hope. No idea. They're they're all individuals. You know, some some people might be in their head. Other people might be thinking the other way. We'll see how it goes once they get out there. But that is the hope. And yeah, as far as Gutekunst, that's part of the reason why, you know, I and I think a lot of other people are laying it on so thick, not just because, you know, he did a good job. I mean, it would be obnoxious if he just did a good thing and we just wouldn't shut up about it. But it's because it's been years and years and years of our GM being trashed and and about you know, a large portion of the hatred comes from within. And it's been, you know, on our part, just battling and battling this thing. You've heard me on the podcast talk over and over about this, how wrong everybody is. For years, I've been talking about this, how stupid it is to attack Brian Gutekunst for almost anything the guy gets attacked about. And then, you know, you know, people look at that 2020 class as a horrible draft class, and it's like, all it takes is for Jordan to be a good quarterback, the franchise quarterback, and that will not only not be a bad class, it will be his seminal draft pick or his seminal draft class. It'll be it'll be the the draft class that made his career. I don't give a crap if nobody else pans out. It's irrelevant. Who else did we get the year we got Rodgers? I don't freaking know. I have no idea. I don't care. What was Ted Thompson's greatest draft? It was the year he got Aaron Rodgers. You know how I know that? Because people, oh, that's not true. He had one year where he got like five picks. Okay, so if you had to only save one draft class, but all the other ones get shuffled, which one would you save for Ted Thompson? You would save the one that got Aaron Rodgers. So don't give me this bull crap about, no, he had better draft class than that. No, he didn't. And it's also for that exact reason that it was stupid to think that drafting a quarterback is a bad idea. Because it's just such a cheat code. Think about it. Like I, I can't name a single other person that was picked in the in in the class that was picked around with Rodgers. Maybe you can. I probably should be able to. I don't remember. But because Rodgers was picked in it, it is ten times more important than any other entire class. The fact that quarterbacks carry that amount of weight, and we have to sit here and argue whether drafting a quarterback a couple of years before your quarterback is about to leave, a guy that you think could potentially carry a franchise for another 15 years, the fact that we have to sit here and actually discuss whether maybe that's a good idea or not, whether or not it even pans out, if you just even think that he could be, if you pass on that, 
for something that'll maybe marginally help you this year, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be a GM. That's an awful decision. Quarterbacks carry so much weight. They are 10 times more important than any other single position. I'm making up that number, but it it feels right. So yeah, there's a little pent-up frustration um, in the defense and just, I don't know, um, excitement over the job that Brian Gutekunst has done. Brian, Kyle from Madison, what's up? What's up? It's Tuesday, it is a snow day. Yes. Around these parts, getting like nine inches here. Um, It was supposed to be bad for us on Tuesday. They canceled everything, shut everything down, and then it didn't actually snow that much. I don't know when they decided that in the era of like instant, you know, we can get information out in a second. We need to start shutting down schools the day before. But yet, when I was a kid and we didn't have any of this stuff, might as well say the internet doesn't exist because they wouldn't use the internet because a lot of families didn't even have computers in their home anyways. When we had to sit in front of the TV and watch as watch the news as schools scrolled across the bottom of the screen to see if our school was on it, that was same day. But now, you know, parents can all get like text messages, but no, it's got to be the day before. Well, they wasted school days, but I, I guess they, they love just taking days off anyways. <laughs> the heck do they care? But anyways, now, today, Friday, lots of snow. And because of the snow, all my packages are delayed, one of which is my electric shovel, which I was very excited about. still have my snowblower, but I want my electric shovel because it sounds dope, Doug. Because it's dope, Doug. Which is just fine. I got a new snowblower for Christmas last year, so... Man, does that make a big difference? I don't know how I how I lived before then. Right. Um, it's actually kind of fun to snowblow with this thing. Don't don't tell my wife though, because then I can't get that the fake currency for doing it. You I know what it. I mean? I got it. Um, Between us. <laughs> at any rate. So looking ahead of the Cowboys, man, I just taking a little look around. Seven and a half favorites. Seven and a half point favorites. It's so interesting to me because the Talking Head shows. It, it, the question isn't even like, hey. Can, you know, can the Packers win? The, the question they've been asking is, you know, will the Cowboys blow them out? Right. I love this. I love that nobody's even, like, right. no one's even entertaining the freaking idea that we could win. It's just... Which which takes a lot of pressure off. It's not just, you know, oh, good, screw you. It, it's going to add some motivation or whatever. That that all is true. But it's just, it's the fact that there's there is so little pressure. The fact that a blowout is kind of the expectation means that even that, you know, that was sort of the one thing that could be kind of a negative in this. If, if we get blown out, then it's like, well, maybe maybe you do suck or, or whatever, you know. Not that any of it matters, but I'm, I'm just talking perception. But if that's sort of the expectation, just based on already assuming the Packers are actually a really promising team, but the Cowboys are just that good, that even, even though we acknowledge they're a legit team that is going to be scary for a long time, we still think a blowout is a likely scenario, then even a blowout doesn't really hurt us. Doesn't hurt the perception of how good the Packers are going to be. So that means now just less than a blowout, just covering the spread can add clout to the Packers. And then if you beat Dallas, think how much, when when people are thinking a blowout is expected, if you beat the Cowboys, what does that mean? I, I agree. I, th- I think keep ramping it up. Keep talking about, I you know, I, I think seven and a half is, is uh, too generous to the Packers. I think it should be 12 points. I think the Packers, just 
lean into that all day. How much will the Cowboys win by? Freaking love it. This is exactly where you want to be if you're the Packers, okay? Now, on paper, the best that the Cowboys have is the best that the Packers have. I think you'd have to be delusional to say that the Packers are the better team in that situation. Mm -hmm. However, that isn't always how this goes. I know the, the Cowboys have won, what is it, 16 in a row at home, and I know they got some juice. But, man, you look at this Packer team, they're playing real confident, real freaking confident. They don't know what they don't know, and they got there's not going to be the same pressure on them. And I guess what I wanted to say is, I don't know who will win, but if we look back, there's a lot of parallels to, the, to this game like there were for us over the last 15 years, you know, or, or even beyond that, where... Oh, you know, the stadium record and under this degrees at this time, you know. Look, man, a stadium's never beat anybody, all right? And I know what happened to the Packers is we would kind of fall into this false sense of security like it was an automatic box check. And some of that had to do with one Mr. Mike McCarthy, who I think we would all agree, his late game down the stretch play calling can be a real liability. Well, Fleur definitely has the advantage there. And so, I, can, I mean, man, I could see this setting up. Nobody knows who we are. Nobody knows our freaking receivers. The Cowboys fans don't know any of our players. You know, no, nobody knows us. They don't get any respect from their team. This is the exact perfect opportunity for us to just be laying in the weeds, come out, punch them in the face, and then let them freak out. Oh, wait, this isn't how it's supposed to be. What are we going to do? Let's go, Packers. Let's get the freaking win. Let's go. Yeah, and and you know, again, I'll I'll reiterate what I've said. I don't think they've really beaten any good teams, and that's not to say that they're not necessarily a good team. But that is a hell of an indictment against the Cowboys. They have not lost a game at home. Okay, who did they beat at home? They beat the Jets. Wow. They beat the Patriots. Ooh. They beat. The Rams, which you could say, well, that is impressive because they're a playoff team and they're da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They beat the Rams week eight. The Rams uh, week eight were three and five. That was the week before they played the Packers, and the Packers beat them 20 to three, and they fell to three and six. They didn't turn things around until after their bye week, week 11. That's when the Rams that we now are supposedly impressed by, which, granted, they really haven't played. Oh, they did beat the 49ers by a point, but that's after they sat their starters. They haven't really beat anybody anyways, but still, they beat the Rams back when the Rams were not very good. So that's not super impressive. Then they beat the Giants. They're trash. Beat the Commanders. They suck. They beat the Seahawks uh, week 13. And that was in the middle of their four-game losing streak. So they let's see, from week nine to week fourteen, they went one and five in that stretch. They uh, currently have a nine and eight record, but they started the season three and one. So, not sure. I mean, they beat a bad team in their worst stretch. Were the the Seahawks okay? Then they beat the Eagles, which you would think is impressive, but they beat the Eagles after the Eagles started to fall off. The Eagles started to fall off week 13 when they played the 49ers and lost 42-19. to After that, 
They lost five of their next six, including the Dallas Cowboys. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Seahawks. Then they beat the Giants, whoop-de-doo, and then they lost to the Cardinals, and then they lost to the Giants. So they are on a massive downward spiral, and that's when they beat them. Um, And then the only other team they beat were the Detroit Lions. And you say, well, the Detroit Lions are a pretty good football team. Well, okay, the Detroit Lions are a decent football team, I suppose, um, their record down the stretch here after losing to the Packers, they are, let's see, four and three. So they beat a, you know, essentially a four and three team down the stretch and they beat them by one point. This is the same team, by the way, the Lions got beat by the Packers and the Bears are the other teams that they lost to. So the Packers also beat them and they beat them by more than a point. And it was in Detroit, not in Lambeau. And Chicago beat them 28-13. to The teams in between that, that uh, the Lions actually beat were the Broncos, who are garbage and bench their quarterback and are in complete chaos, and then the Vikings twice, who don't have a quarterback. So, yes, Dallas has not lost a single game at home. Here's the thing, though. You think if Dallas had played, oh, I don't know, the 49ers or the Rams when they're actually playing well or the Eagles in their prime, which, by the way, um, they did play the Eagles back when the Eagles were playing better and the Eagles won, but that was in Philly. You think if they had played, you know, Buffalo or Miami or any of these teams that they lost to that happened to be on the road, do you think if they played those teams, do you think if they played the Baltimore Ravens in Dallas, you think these teams are just, just going to get tore up by Dallas? Is that what we just assume? It's a heck of an assumption considering every time they've played a team like the 49ers, they got beat. 42 to 10 against the 49ers. Eagles, when they were playing well, they lost 28 23. Bills, they lost 31 to 10. Miami was 22 to 20. We're just going to assume that because it's in Dallas, Dallas would have just blown out these really good teams. I don't know that we can assume that. Anyways, let's just take a break. We'll come back and hear from Andy from Kansas. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Ryan. This is Andy still stuck in Kansas. What's up? Uh, this season has been very, very entertaining. Kind of sat back and quietly just kind of watched how things have been developing, especially towards the second half of, of the season. Uh, I really hope people who were tired of Rogers winning things as an individual, I hope that they would be very happy with uh, Jordan Love if he leads us to the Super Bowl before he gets any uh, league MVP awards, which he's on track to, to do that. He's not there this year, but uh, if you don't think he's playing like an MVP the last, what, half of the season? Sure. I don't know what you've been watching because you've been missing out on a pretty good thing. Speaking, of course, of Jordan Love, the number one question, the number one totally way after question for the whole season before, you know, things started up was, is Jordan Love any good? And most of the time when people said it that way, they were already doubting it or sure. kind of daring anybody to, to point to anything decent about him. Um, I really have been really enjoying the answer to that question. The answer to that question is, we made the playoffs. Yeah. We made the playoffs behind a very good offense. That's the answer to that question. Because many people who questioned Jordan Love, if he was any good, quietly changed their question to, well, aren't they going to fire Joe Barry yet? Which means they already answered the question. They just didn't want to admit it. So it's pretty thrilling that that is and has been the answer to that question so far. You know, and the second part to that is, is how's Matt LaFleur's offense running without Aaron Rodgers? Do you see how many people Jordan Love throws to on a weekly basis, even though it's oftentimes different people because we've been sustaining lots of injuries? I mean, there's been multiple games where it's eight, nine, ten different receivers uh, in a game. Um, once again, the answer to is Matt LaFleur's offense working? The answer to that is we made the playoffs. So it's been very, very exciting. Uh, quick here to end of call. Um, the Cowboys have faced – Two other Shanahan offenses at the uh, 49ers and the Dolphins, and they lost both of those games. That's true. So if you have any time to, to look into how those offenses have attacked Dallas, um, I think that could be very uh, a very big uh, uh, blueprint for how we go on for this Sunday's game. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it's a very good point. I actually I've, I've been planning today might be the day. I don't know. I got to do a, a decent amount of work um, for tomorrow's podcast. We'll see how long that takes me, but 
that is what I wanted to do was go back and learn a little bit more about Dallas's defense. Um, I mean, I've already kind of learned about it, but actually go watch it and see how it operates. But that's a good point. I was trying to figure out what game to watch, and um, those wouldn't make a lot of sense. Miami was a pretty close game, and that was uh, 22 to 20. Probably had a lot to do with Miami's defense more so than the offense. But then the 49ers game was 42 to 10. So um, even the differences between those two teams could be interesting. You know, obviously they're they're both Shanahan, but they're they're very different in application. And, and not that I'm going to pretend to know in its entirety what the differences are, but if you just think about the way in which they operate, the way in which the 49ers attack with sort of the the fullback tight end, you know, just these these bigger, um, not 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 just balls to the wall speed guys like Miami has. Um, it's a, it's a different kind of philosophy and you wonder how maybe just watching those two side by side and what was successful and what wasn't could paint a pretty good picture for I mean it, it's it's a great picture for Matt LaFleur just to watch those two games in and of itself and uh, understand within the system what things work and what things maybe don't so much kind of makes me wonder if maybe it's a uh, little bit less of a Watson Melton game and more of a Tucker Craft um, Musgrave Wicks type of a game or something, you know. I have a feeling it's going to come down a lot to uh, to discipline. Just just kind of getting the the bare bones understanding of of Dallas's defense. I think you know, obviously Dallas. A lot of what they're doing is is predicated on takeaways, but I think a lot of it too is just making you be very precise in what you do you know, giving you very small windows to throw to and, and very short timing to be able to make those passes in those windows. But also, if you if you kind of look at, you know, if, if, if they're dropping into zone and, and kind of playing, keeping their eyes back toward you and playing downhill, if you're going to try to run some of the screens and stuff underneath, they're going to be converging. So you need to be on your game in terms of your blocking, right? When we get tight ends and we get offensive line, we get them downfield blocking. I mean, these guys are coming, so you, you have to be able to execute your blocks, not just in the in the run game, as in like offensive line versus defensive line, but on the boundary and whatnot, they they, they need to be on their their P's and Q's, uh, making sure that they're executing the blocks and really taking advantage of, of every situation. So there's scheme and then there's execution. And I, I think the scheme, you know, I, I don't know that there's a master secret playlist to beating what Dallas does. I think it's kind of understood, but I think the point is, if, if it's sort of a, if you're going to beat us, you bet. And, and honestly, that makes perfect sense for what the Dallas Cowboys are. It's very weird that they beat the living crap out of bad teams and then get the crap beat out of them by good teams. Why? Bad teams know how to play them. They just can't execute it. They know what to do. They can watch tape of what the 49ers did, but they can't do what the 49ers do. But the point is, if you can execute, then you neutralize them. If you can, if your offensive line can block that front four, because he wants to send four and he wants to get home with four so he can drop his other guys and trust his front four, which he has a good front four, which is why the scheme works. He doesn't need to bring extra pressure. Of course, they got that roving linebacker that's terrifying. He can be a fourth guy or a fifth guy or a third guy or a seventh guy. It doesn't. He's, he's, he's always going to be out there and always be, you know, wreaking havoc. But I do think that that makes a lot of sense. If, if, if guys can just execute, they can win the game. And I think Dallas knows that. And that's kind of the point. Like, if, if you can come out here and you can play at a really high level, and you can execute without making a lot of mistakes and just be very precise and very accurate and very timely and you know don't drop the ball and execute all your blocks and everything yeah you can beat the defense you still got to outpace our offense which is the other complicated part of the equation 
But I mean, that's and that's that's probably the case for every good team. I mean, that's the point. You you can beat good teams. It just comes down to you need to be able to execute at a high level and you need to be able to be consistent. You have to do it on offense and on defense. If you can do that, you can beat us. Congratulations. But nobody can do that, which is why we're better than you. It's why we're in the playoffs. It's why we're probably going to the Super Bowl. But anyways, very good point. Um, would definitely be worth watching those two teams and seeing kind of how they handle things. Ryan. Cal from Addison. Hello. Come back to the phone, Kyle. I have no idea. Kyle. Let's skip ahead. Nope. Can't hear him. I don't know what happened there, Kyle, but we lost you. Hey, Ryan. This is uh, Trucker Bob. Trucker Bob. Calling you uh, out here from the middle of nowhere in Wyoming up in the mountains. <sighs> uh, just got done being chased by two snowstorms, and we managed to beat both of them. So Nicely done. Um, we've stayed out of the snowstorms. Anyways, um, great game. Loved it. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, um, I had some comments I wanted to make. When I was in high school, um, I was on the wrestling team, and our high school had never had a conference championship uh, champion or a uh, anybody that ever got out of regionals. We just were a lousy uh, wrestling team for decades. Sure. And we got this new coach. And what he did is he took us as uh, freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, and he would take us to the state championships up in Madison. And seeing that for the first time my sophomore year, I went, wow, wouldn't it be neat to make it there? And then finally I got pretty good my junior year, but by the time I got my senior year, that was my goal. I wanted to get there. I saw it. I felt the crowds. I got the excitement. And this is what I love about the Packers making the playoffs yeah, this that's year. That's a good point. Because that desire drove me through my senior year. And I finally, with uh, four of us, were the first ones to get out of regionals. And then the next year, and uh, the same year, two of us made it to state. And it was exciting to walk out in the man and be there in reaching your goal. What I see that the Packers making the playoffs, this is fantastic for them because these young players get the feel of the game, what it's like to be in playoff football. Now, to give my insight into this game, I looked up our defense, and our defense through the year, they held people to 20 points and less. We were 7-2. and two. However... When they scored, other teams scored more than 20 points, we were two and six. So my analysis is this. Do I think we can hold that Dallas team to less than 20 points or less? I don't think so. And do I think our offense is matured enough to get in a 30, 40 point shootout? No, I don't think so. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's uh, th- that is a good point. As, as far as you know, you, you hear about sometimes the Super Bowl losers. They'll talk about how they remember that 
all off season, and they'll remember that going into this. They'll they'll remember sort of the confetti and how they felt sitting on the sidelines as the losers, and how they felt watching the other team celebrate, and and, and that just carries them all through the next year. It's just it's it's a motivating factor, and 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 I'm sure that's true, especially for a young team in the playoffs. I mean, the buildup of it, the the excitement that they're probably feeling, the butterflies in their stomach, the the extra media attention, and and what it's going to be like when they get out in Dallas. And just the extra attention and the, the the roar of the crowd, and you know, I mean, there's there's going to be, it's going to be a different feel that they have not had. Um, you know, even even the second year guys, we didn't get in the playoffs last year, so Christian didn't get there, uh, Romeo didn't get there, Jaden did obviously wasn't there, Musgrave, Kraft, um, Jordan has been riding the bench, so he's he's got some level of idea, but to be able to play in a playoff game. Um, this is a very new thing for a lot of our guys. And so, yeah, that this will be something that they can maybe carry with them. Um, and, and to just, you know, assuming they lose and whether that's this week or next week, whether that's in the Super Bowl or whatever, but assuming they lose, they're still going to have that, that feeling of, I want to be that team. I want to be the team that celebrates that's moving on. I, you know, I want to have that feeling and I want to show everybody that we belong. You know, everybody's talking down to us. We can't do it. Maybe they're not good enough. Good point, Trucker Bob. Um, Bob, this is uh, Trucker Bob. I ran out of my three minutes. <clears throat> Anyways, when I think about the game, the importance of it is the experience of playoff football. Do we have a chance of winning? Well, yeah, we kind of. We haven't lost down there in Dallas since 2007. I mean, we've re-nicknamed that stadium Lambeau South because we've been so successful down there. On top of that, we got Aaron Jones back, and Aaron Jones is a cowboy killer. He does really well against the Cowboys. Usually over 100 yards plus catches and passes, and, you know, he does great. And then Jordan Love has been there in the playoffs, so he kind of knows what it's like. And can you imagine having Watson and Bo both out there at the same time, those two speed demons mm-hmm. with a couple of our tight ends? You know, we go, it's possible. But the reality is, I don't think our defense is going to be able to stop them. And I just don't think our offense is ready to put 30, 40 points on the board like Rodgers used to do in the playoffs. But I think the experience they're going to get from this will put that burning desire in their hearts and minds so next year when they come back and they hit training camp, they're going to be thinking about, we're going to the playoffs and we're going there to win. And this is just another step in this team's development. Anyways, that's my thoughts for now. Trucker Bob sitting out here in the middle of the night in Wyoming, 21 degrees and snow blowing all over the place, but it's safe to drive. See you, Ryan. Go back, go. Yeah, I mean, again, good point. And, you know, you're not wrong in your assessment of the Packers' odds, right? I mean, it, it is the correct assessment. I mean, there is a correct assessment. It's the idea that it's it's kind of subjective or whatever. It's your your opinion. You can have it whatever opinion you want, but 
um, there is a correct assessment that is taking all the best available data and coming to the right conclusion. And the right conclusion is the Packers are not going to win. That's that's established. Um, however, it was also the right conclusion that the Packers would not make the playoffs when they were a 3-6 and six team. It was the right conclusion that the Packers were not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It was the right conclusion that they weren't going to beat the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. It was the right conclusion that uh, the Packers were going to beat the Giants. Um, It was the correct conclusion that the Packers were unlikely, especially considering how they've been playing the last couple weeks, to get into the playoffs on a run to beat Minnesota and Chicago. And and despite those correct uh, assessments, they ended up being incorrect. Um, I also believe it was the right assessment that Jordan Love probably wouldn't end up being as good as he's been, and he is here, just like it was the right assessment that Aaron Rodgers probably wouldn't be as good as Aaron Rodgers was. Just, you know, I mean, there is a an assessment that is more likely to be right than wrong, but that doesn't mean it's going to be right. In fact, the correct assessment is wrong kind of a lot. You know, it's Probably, I mean, less than 50% of the time. Otherwise, it's probably not a very good assessment. But, you know, it could be 45% or 40%, and that's still a relatively high number. So I I agree that Dallas is, is correctly assessed to be the team that's going to win the game. But it's it's I don't think it's as long of a long shot as some people might make it out to be. Just based on watching football every week, I mean, crazy stuff happens constantly. Sometimes it's just bad teams beating good teams, and sometimes what you come to learn is that those good teams become bad teams. Like, we watch the Eagles lose a game, and it's like, well, it's one of those flukes. Turns out it wasn't a fluke. It was just the Eagles and, and on the verge of a complete implosion. And so, you know, you look at that, for example, the defense. I think your your assessment of our defense being able to un, uh, being unable to stop the Dallas Cowboys is probably correct based on the question of, is what we've seen the last two weeks a correct assessment of our defense, or is that somewhat of an anomaly that is unlikely to carry on, especially against the team the caliber of the Dallas Cowboys? I think the correct assessment is we're unlikely to see that level of performance continue. But that doesn't mean that that's true. Maybe the defense really just is that good. Maybe, again, we've gone through the reasons. It could be Matt LaFleur sticking his nose in that in that department that's helping things. It could have been maybe the suspension or some other thing that that rallied the defense and got them back in. It could just be simply the playoffs have got the um, the defense kind of revved up. You know, they're they're motivated again to kind of get back in there. It could be any number of things. Hopefully, Jair plays. By the way, but there is you know what we deem to be probably the right assessment, and then there's just the reality, which we'll find out on Sunday what that is. Anyways, let's take our final final break. We'll hear from Bill in South Carolina. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Bill in uh, South Carolina. What's up? Just calling uh, a couple comments. Um, just want to say it's like the most excited I've been 
as a Packer fan since uh, when Favre uh, and then made the uh, playoffs the first time. Sure. After uh, not making the playoffs for so long. <clears throat> Most excited for the future. So it's really, really incredible. And also, um, real happy to be wrong on Jordan Love. I remember draft night. I was like in shock. Couldn't yeah, sleep. Same here. When uh, we picked him, didn't take the receiver. And uh, now, little did I know, I lost sleep. Uh, I should have been excited instead of uh, in shock and devastated and all that. So that's kind of kind of good. Good to be wrong. Um, hats off to Goody and the scouting staff. What a unbelievable job they've been doing for years and we got loads of uh, draft uh, capital coming up in this next draft so the future is unbelievably bright like I said never been more excited since uh, back in was it 92 um, and the last thing we just gotta remember not to let Joe Barry fool us and um, like he did last year and keep in mind we have to get a new D.C. and staff um, to go with all those first-round draft picks, and then, boy, do we got something special. But anyway, there's a few comments there, and uh, thanks for all the podcasts, Ryan, and uh, Watch Lives, uh, doing a great job. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you know, I and I, I don't, I wouldn't say I wasn't around, but I, I don't remember the bad days. I was, you know, a baby, but... Um, there is kind of a weird thing where it's like this feels so new, this feels so exciting as though we haven't been to the playoffs in forever. And I could understand why a lot of people from a lot of fan bases would roll their eyes like, you shut your stupid mouth. Like, you're in the playoffs every year. You're back again. I don't even want to hear it. But, I mean, it's just it's how I feel about it. And I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. I mean, you you mentioned you're most excited since 92. There is kind of a weird new excitement about this yeah, and I don't know what it is it's maybe because it's a new era with Jordan Love maybe it's because I mean it's it's not just like Rodgers although Rodgers had a lot of young guys on his team too but it's it's almost like a brand new team period there's a newness in it but I don't know it's so weird it's it's like there's a genuine feeling of like we're starting from the bottom and working our way up and we're coming and and you know I don't I mean I, I I think another part of it too was kind of getting jaded to, you can call it spoiled if you want, but I think it's fair, jaded to the old Packers team where you just felt like it was never going to happen, and there was nowhere to, there was no more going up. Like this is as good as we're going to get. It's not. We can't get better. We've reached our ceiling. It's not good enough to win. And um, with this, it just it's it feels limitless. It's not just new, but it's like, who, who's to say? Like, well, you, 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 let's pump the brakes. You can't be as good as Mahomes. Dude, F that. We could be better than Mahomes. We could be better than the Chiefs. We could be, who's to say this can't be a dynasty? Who's to say we can't win a Super Bowl this year, and that's the first of many? Who's to say any of this crap? Who's to say next year we don't come back and have a top five and a top, top five offense and defense? Who's to say? I'm not predicting it. I'm not predicting anything. But we don't know anything. I mean, for all we know, hey, Jordan Love could come back next year and this thing falls apart and it was all kind of a fluke and it's not right. I don't know. But there's a newness and there's an excitement to the to the unknown about this that just feels like it didn't happen before. And again, a part of it too with the old the other playoff ones is it, it felt like an expectation. Like, okay, playoffs again, great. And it's like, man, if we lose, it's going to be so embarrassing. It's going to be so, like, it's going to suck. It's not like that now. So... um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it feels, you know, if people think it sounds stupid, that's fair, and I get it. But it's how I feel about it, and I'm glad to hear that I'm not necessarily alone in that. It's not just another year as a Packer fan in the playoffs. Like, ho-hum, here we go again. It, 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 it genuinely feels like we haven't been here in a very long time. And it's a very cool feeling, and I'm super excited. Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett from hey. Illinois. Uh, I've allowed this win to marinate, and I have collected all my wins from uh, Packer fans on my route. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I have won 10 times in a row. Um, gotta say, that feels pretty darn good. Um, I am continuing my tradition this week where I am going to deliver the uh, quick notes that say Jordan Love is the owner of the Chicago Bears <laughs> to uh, Bears fans on my route yep. and uh, just relish in this moment and uh, contemplate just where we might end up this uh, playoff season because I remember last year Green Bay beating Dallas pretty handedly in uh, Watson going off on a three-touchdown game. And I think that that potentially could happen again. Dallas really hasn't beaten anybody good this year. So I, I love the fact that they can consider themselves the underdogs. But I think Dak Prescott definitely has a, a three-interception game in him. And I do believe that uh, we're looking at a team that at any moment um, could just surprise everybody. So keep believing and uh, keep reaching for the stars because uh, this team may not have had any Pro Bowl players voted, but we know our team very well, and we know that this team uh, is full of Pro Bowlers. So go Pack Go. Yeah, and again, I don't want to misconstrue what I'm saying as I don't think the Cowboys are a good team. I just think that there's they're a unique team in that, you know, if if you're – if you're good, you can beat them, and you know you you have actually quite good odds of doing so. And if you're bad, you're very likely to get embarrassed. And so the only question for me is, is this going to be a good team or a bad team that shows up in Dallas? Because I could see either of these things happening very as a very real possibility. Getting absolutely embarrassed by Dallas and beating Dallas feel very real to me. So... Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron. I wasn't going to call this week, but here I am. There he is. Uh, doing some reflecting on the season and how it's gone and everything. And uh, at the beginning of the year, I predicted it to be an 11-win season um, because I went for each week. And I was like, we, I know we can win these, this game or that game and whatever. And honestly... I am kind of happy to say that I'm wrong because an 11 and 6 season almost kind of means like, hey, they would come out firing on all cylinders and things, unless they went like 0 and 6 to start the season and then yeah. came alive at the end. But it's just like they, the way that this year happened in my eyes and how I see it and how I if could imagine the perfect situation would be how it kind of went. Um, because it showed moments of this is a young team and they're going to make their mistakes. And there were definitely mistakes that cost them games and 
What sucks is that a lot of those mistakes were done by the veterans rather than the rookies. But at the same time, it's just like, we got to see this team go from the bottom to grow and to over the last few weeks become one of the best teams in the league to become a team that is going to be very hard to stop. And if you, if you catch yourself sleeping on them for one second, you have a good chance to lose. And this is the exact team that going into the postseason, like I'm not going to say they're going to go win the Super Bowl or they anything like that, but this is the team. This is a team that in Jordan Love's first year, through everything that they've been through, has grown so much that the potential they have going into the postseason is just absurd. And so if they can go into Dallas and play like they've been playing, if Joe Barry can do whatever the heck he's been doing, um, saving his job, hope maybe, I don't know, but it's just like the the team is rallying around Joe Barry. Like we had conversations a few weeks ago about like, oh, do these players hate Joe Barry? Do they want Joe Barry gone? And now you have Preston Smith and guys banding around the dude. Like, what is going on? Is this what team are we looking at? And it's so exciting to see everything. It's so exciting to see Jordan Love winning two back-to-back NFC Player of the Weeks. Oh man! Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just so excited to see the growth that this team has because it is something absolutely ridiculous that we can put that the guys can hang their hat on, um, and we as fans have nowhere to go but up as far as um he called back a few minutes later let's see if this is part two or not hey ryan Aaron again i got hit by that uh toby slenderson of a three minute uh <laughs> yeah whatever that is anyways um bears fan uh so i don't get into it with people on social media i just mind my own business and let the play do the play kind of like aaron jones who doesn't trash talk until you make stupid comments like, oh, I wasn't able to do my job by not covering superstars. <laughs> um, anyways, um, so Bears fan. There's a Bears fan at my work, right? And there's also a 49ers fan at my work, right? The 49ers fan was wearing a hat after the Packers beat the Bears on Sunday. So the um, Niners fan was wearing his hat, and the Bears fan had the audacity to go up to him and said, you guys lost yesterday. How are you wearing a Niners hat right now? After the Niners had benched all their players because they got the one seed, a Bears fan saying that to a Niners fan. And it, 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 it's, it's unbearable. It's hilarious. It, it's the just just the simple audacity of of that of them. I it makes no sense. It's it's comical. Um, you could write, I don't know, you could write like a sitcom about that, about just being a Bears fan. Um, and yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Go pack, go. I get myself plenty of time. No three minutes gonna get me today. Um, uh, but it already did. So, anyways, bye. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just fans and uh, team members kind of just, I don't know. 
I there are a lot of there's a lot of people who root for the Bears, and there are a lot of them I'm sure that are very um, good people and not stupid and whatever. But you're hearing a lot of similar stories, and they're all just pointing in one direction. You know, I mean, I, again, I have not heard players make comments like Brisker made. That's a very unique thing that happened from a Bears player. The story you told, it's a Bears fan. I don't know Vikings fans that have done that. I don't know Lions fans or Niners fans or Cowboys fans or Packer fans or anything else. I know Bears fans that do that stuff. And it's Bears fans who have the number one pick two years in a row. I know kind of because of the, you know, whatever, but still. Terrible, terrible, terrible team that just has no ability to just, I mean... I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know. It's it's what it is. I tell you what, we're very fortunate that the Bears are not a good football team because I can't imagine a more insufferable group of people. Although, honestly, they'd probably be the exact same people. I don't know that, what the difference between them sucking and them being great would be because they act like they win the Super Bowl every year. So I, I, I don't know, man. So, Ryan, I think I've got... Wait a minute. Why did I skip? Oh, I skipped because the other call was... Uh, Part two, and then Garrett called in between. Garrett, first call here. So, a real quick note. Um, I'm sure everybody has, you know, made their comments regarding Carlson. Um, can we just start calling him Charlie Brown Carlson? Because <laughs> I can't think of anybody who's missed more football kicks than Anders than Charlie Brown. So let's just uh, nickname him uh, Charlie Brown until he. Uh, gets himself out of this slump. And maybe we can find someone else other than Lucy hold uh, Andrew's kicks. I don't know. Fair enough. Start calling him Charlie Brown. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't rear its head in the postseason because, you know, th- this is the time when every little point counts, you know what I mean? So we're going to need him to kind of tighten it up a little bit. So, Ryan, I think I've got maybe maybe the first nickname that we could – maybe uh, apply to Jordan Love's style of game. All right. He wears a G on the side of his helmet. Yes. And we mentioned before somebody has where he's got a little bit of Favre in him where he's a gunslinger. Green gunslinger. He's got a little bit of Rodgers in him where he does protect the ball and makes those off-platform throws. I got nothing. But uh, I kind of like to call him the gambler. All right. Because... He's he's definitely one of those that uh, is willing to take those chances, but it's like he he's stone faced. He doesn't he's got a poker face that nobody knows what he's thinking. He just walks up to the line and and the defense is just you see him looking back and forth and it's like yeah I could see him being a good poker player. So in the uh, light of them going to Dallas in the Cowboy Country, I'd like to recite a little bit of my own version of the song The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. And it goes like this. You got to know when to throw them. Know when to fold them. Know when to throw it away. Know when to run. You never count your touchdowns. When you're talking to Coach Brable, there'll be time enough for counting. When the playoffs are done, there you go, Jordan. I'm going to refer to you as a gambler from here on out. I'm out. It's funny that you mentioned that because they 
You still there? Or you got to hit the, the red red button. Red button. There you go. Um, it's funny you mentioned that they sing that song in the office, and when you were describing how you came to the name The Gambler, um, I couldn't help, for whatever reason, of thinking of that scene when he's out at the when Michael Scott's out at the bar and he's trying to talk to this young girl about a young lady about her back tattoo and he's like I was thinking about getting a back tattoo one time I was gonna say back to the future back because it's on my back and future because I'm the kind of guy who likes to look into the future just feel like a tattoo should mean something but as always I appreciate the serenading it's always a thing that I love thanks Garrett Randy, what's going on? Hi, Ryan. It's Randy from Minnesota. I was just thinking, this is the first time in a long time I actually am feeling when we go into playoffs, not, oh, no, we're going to lose. What if we lose the first round? It's going to be terrible. This year I'm actually feeling, hey, we're there. What if we do something? How cool is it? This is so much fun. Um, I'm so proud of this team. I'm so proud of the way things have came out. But I also have this little nugget. I just read online that apparently Caleb Williams is a Packer fan from tweets he made, and a lot of Chicago media is going crazy <laughs> thinking that this guy could be their pick. And they're like, no, we don't want him. We don't want him. So... Just another little knife in the back or knife to Chicago. Love it. And I do have one thing to disagree with you on. All right. Paul Al. Before we move on, um, Mitch Trubisky, I believe, also was a Packer fan. The announcer for the Bike Queens? Yeah. It's not a shtick. This guy is a total D bag. <laughs> he goes to the bar, his favorite drink is vinegar and water. He hates the Packers. He hates everything in Wisconsin. I just cannot stand listening to this clown if you cannot understand by the tone of my voice. But anyway, we want to listen to him until next fall. Um, have a good day. Love what you do. Go Pack Go. Well, as a uh, resident Minnesotan, I will um, defer to your expertise on the subject matter. I know he's a very hated guy. I... um. I, I like, you know, kind of poking fun at him, but I, I I don't really know that I've reached that point. But if what you're saying is true, then I have no problem kind of leaning into that. So I will continue to do so. Trucker Bob, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob. Hey. thought I'd call back in. I got an interesting question for you. All right. If you look at all the teams in the playoffs this year, which two teams do you think would make the most Unique and ironic Super Bowl game. I've got two teams in mind. Think about it. I'm going to count three, and then I'll give you my answer. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Hey, hopefully by now you've given your answer. But mine is, how about Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns, an aging, uh, old by NFL standards, anyways, quarterback who has won a Super Bowl versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have Cleveland's old quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Can you imagine Tampa versus Cleveland in a Super Bowl 
and those be the two quarterbacks. <laughs> I thought that would be the most unique and unusual Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the question. We are now in Nebraska, heading for Chicago. We've got clear skies. The sun is out. And I drove through two snow blizzards last night uh, going through Wyoming. Uh, 55-mile-per-hour winds. We kind of shut down for a while. Anyways, check a bob. Go back, go. Hopefully they'll win that first game in Dallas. Well, I... Uh... I'm 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 not super happy that um well first of all you said you're heading to Chicago that sucks cuz you're driving with the storm so you're just stuck in that freaking thing. Uh I don't appreciate you bringing that our way trucker bob but I understand you got a job to do. Um it's been uh well it's not done yet but we'll see we'll see what the total accumulation is going to end up being. It's not like the snow apocalypse at least that they're all making it out to be. It's it's not like a massive blizzard at least not here not now. It's just kind of a consistent snow. I went out and, I mean, I, I did it like 10 times last year. You go out, you got however many inches of snow, you get the snow blower going, you blow it. It's not super hard snow to push around. Clear it out. Doesn't take very long and you're done. So I see people online are like, I hope my friends in Wisconsin are okay. It's like, yeah, dude, we're, we're fine. It's snow. It happens every year. <laughs> I don't know. Probably have to do it twice, you know, snow blow, but that's fine. It happens. But as to your question, the words you used were unique and ironic. Um, unique and ironic. Uh, let's see. I get the Cleveland-Tampa thing, especially with the Tampa quarterback having been the Cleveland guy and whatnot. I mean, Detroit-LA can't be a Super Bowl, and they're playing each other right now. That is somewhat of a unique and ironic game in and of itself. But Super Bowl can't be Packers-Jets, obviously. I mean, does does Packers Steelers qualify? I mean, technically it's unique. Every every situation would be unique, except maybe 49ers Chiefs, which would make me freaking puke. I think it qualifies as ironic. Ironic is a weird word. I think everybody uses it wrong, and it's kind of oddly defined. It's basically like something that's unlikely that makes you go, <laughs> that's funny, because of the thing, you know? And Packers Steelers would be unique because or unlikely because they are the seven seed and it's kind of a heh thing because they you know, the last time they the Super Bowl thing. So I guess that'll be my answer. I d I don't know. I don't know the best way to, to answer that question, but I'll go with that one. Packers Steelers. Although unique it doesn't super fit unique. But I'm gonna stick with that because I don't want to take a second swing at it. But anyways, I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, I gotta get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye. 